The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Adrian Barry from Off the Ball is with me. Uh, what's the feeling amongst your beloved Croaks colleagues? Uh, very disappointed, uh, devastated in some quarters. Um, mm. It's had a real. It's funny what a talking point it's been around because that's my. As we discussed, I can't believe five days later, Kieran. <laughs> I did not expect that this was going to be something that was going to be rumbling on. But there we go. Uh, it's my adopted club and a brilliant club, a brilliantly run club, a real community club. Uh, it's. I think. One of the, if not the biggest sports club in the country, which people would use it as a stick to beat with. My experience have been in there first-hand uh, testimony. It's an amazing club. Uh, the the way they harness the volunteers is amazing. Anyway, that's just context to everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, people are disappointed at the at the very least, and mm. I think that like uh, just nobody knows kind of where it's going to go at the minute. It's been dragging on and uh, Glenn have obviously done their thing they've pushed it back to the uh, CCCC who've mm. put it back to Croaks and by tomorrow morning they'll have to give some sort of an official response as to their view on it there's a feeling at the minute and a growing feeling that they're going to say not our fault uh, they officially should have dealt with it Yeah. Um, and you'd have to have sympathy for that like they should have done I think no matter what side of the fence you sit on and it's amazing how um, the strength of opinion that has been out there about yeah, it Yeah I mean uh, that people do criticise croaks, and it's partly because you know the, the people just don't like croaks. I think a lot of the time, uh, but I, I tend to agree. It, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, there are other examples of this, but but every now and then, for an an association, an organisation that prides itself on how professionally run it is as an amateur organisation, streaks of amateurishness uh, yeah. kind of bubble to the surface. Yeah. I, yeah. You know it. I know it's easy to say these type of things in hindsight, and I wasn't kind of calling for a reform of the substitution uh, rules nobody, before this weekend. No one was. was. But then, look, but then it does happen, and you think, well, in other sports, they do. They literally wait until the player's off the pitch before allowing on the next player. When you think that, exactly, when you think that by definition of the rule, you're going to allow 16 players on the pitch to begin with, yeah. there's something not quite right there. And I'd say that the GA would say we're really professionally run on the administrative side. And it's really difficult to harness the spirit of the games in the right way on the rules side and the member side. And the we all know the labyrinthine um, system that's in place there around trying to get rules uh, changed and that sort of stuff. But it seems uh, we, we cannot allow ourselves to be in a position where this happens again. They absolutely need to do whatever they uh, whatever is required to harness the hive mind of the GEA yeah. to get them together and I don't care uh, out of Congress in a Congress like bring in and you know uh, offering this idea that it's a soccer comparison is nearly anathema to begin with but like bring in the soccer thing of get them into a certain area of the pitch you're not going on until that person comes off and yeah. then carry on with the game because it's um nobody has a desire to be where we are today no it's a mess it's a mess anyway listen as you say we're kind of waiting to see what Croaks officially uh, come back to the CCCC with. Um, uh, FA Cup action tonight, City against Arsenal. This is kind of an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. City can just go all guns out. There'd be a, You'd have to imagine amongst the Arsenal players, there's a question mark, do, do we go all guns out? And then, yeah. and then you lose and then the kind of, the doubt yeah. begins to creep oh, in. I think you've hit the nail on the head and I think um, even from an Arteta point of view, I mean the conundrum he must be having of, do I go for the full squad here? Or, you know, mm. he'll probably play, Trossard has just come in just from a betting him into the team point of view and he's obviously a very proven striker and all that but it's just be interesting to see what kind of balance he goes with because they're playing City again and they're not to this in future. Yes. But it's been, it's been, geez, it's funny actually listening to the press conferences during the week with the warmth 
it was kind of obvious it was there anyway, but they've now been talking a lot about the warmth between Pep and Arteta, who was once his assistant yeah. at City, and Pep now saying, okay, if he hadn't got the Arsenal gig and then I had a left Man City, he would now be the City boss, as in he was really highly thought of mm. uh, where he was at at City. But uh, as Pep pointed out, Arsenal is his club and it's going to be that way, I think, for a while to come. Yeah, Reson, right. We'll wait and see. Um, Brighton against Liverpool, Evan Ferguson. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is like... Uh, here we are again talking about who's the second coming of Robbie Keane. Yeah. Well, I think we, that's, that's where we're at. But, you know, his his goals to minutes ratio are up at er, uh, Erling Haaland. Like, he's that good. He's also scoring all sorts of goals, like brilliant header the other night. You see him score, like, uh, where he's taken it sort of around the edge of the box and he's gone in and beaten the keeper. You've seen the instinctive finish. He does have a bit of everything. There's good reason for us to be excited about him, is what I'm saying. And, damn it, like... We're allowed to enjoy it. We're allowed to enjoy him. Yes. It might all turn out to go to... But we might be in a couple of years' time going, do you remember your man? I doubt it, by the way. I doubt it, because you listen to the people who knew him when he was involved in underage football in Ireland or League of football, uh, League of Ireland football in Ireland and the background he comes from. I doubt he's going anywhere anytime soon in terms of disappearing off the radar. I think he is destined for the... Um, to be, as they say, a top, top player. Yeah, that that's, it's a great piece uh, in... Uh for some journalist uh, in the print media at a quiet time of year, isn't it? The next Robbie Keane's. Yeah, oh yeah. Nice big oh, there's feature. a list. There must big be long a list, list of them. as long as you're yeah, around. Yeah. Stage, yeah. Um, listen, we talked earlier in the show uh, to Matty Williams and others about so this new rugby tackle rule. For people who didn't hear the conversation we had earlier, uh, tell us a little bit about what is being proposed or I'm not sure if that's even fair yet, what has been suggested mm. and what the RFU have done as well that has prompted this. It's very simple, really, in terms of what's been proposed. It's a reducing of the tackle height, essentially, okay. to be. Um, and the tackle height at the moment is what you is, cannot tackle above. You, you, you can. I think it's around the nipple area, around the nipple line, as they call okay. it. Okay. I think it, this is to introduce it to be around, uh, not above the waist. Okay. Um. So there's been like a really strong reaction to it from. You know, typically what happens is, uh, you know, the journalists will rock up at the Six Nations launch and they'll rock up at premiership uh, clubs and they'll ask their opinion about it. Like, in some way, it strikes me that maybe they're not the best people to be commenting on it, you know, because, like, this is obviously... So it's about community rugby. It's an RFU initiative to begin with, so it's in yeah. England. It's about community rugby, which covers uh, clubs, it covers schools, it covers universities. It, there will be a couple of the um, divisional championships away from obviously the Premiership or the divisions below that, that will be impacted by it as well. But it won't impact on any of the uh, professional sides. Um, and yeah, like, look at it, it's a response clearly to everything that's gone on, not only around the professional game. We've seen the several lawsuits, including this side of the water most mm. recently, where former professional players have come forward and said they've been impacted by concussion, they've been suffering from dementia, and now they're uh, taking a lawsuit against whatever union it might be. Um there's also this week been 55 amateur players in England who've come forward to say by playing the game we've mm. suffered uh, from concussion. So I think the RFU are sort of in between a rock and a hard place. They have been hammered for it like Johnny Sexton was out saying it's not the right thing to do. Most professional players who as I said are the people who've been asked about it at the minute are saying it's not the right thing to do but like they're sort of saying well we can't do nothing. We got it. We have to do something. Maybe it's not exactly the right thing but I think even as a placeholder while you know we get yeah. to grips with exactly we can't we clearly can't continue the way we are there's a feeling that it would just change the game to be so far removed from where it well where it's it, been it at. really would i think in people's minds you often imagine some kind of 
winger galloping, you know, mm-hmm. down the side of the pitch and, and someone kind of sprinting across and what's the big deal if he has to go low rather than high? Yeah. The overwhelming majority of tackles don't take place in those circumstances. They're off rocks, they're yeah. off scrums, they're, they're, they're messy mm-hmm. and even the optics of it, you try to imagine it in your mind's eye that in all those situations, everybody's only tackling from the waist down. Yeah. It, it, you know, it'd be kind of... I, well, yeah, it'd be kind I of strange. Know. And what do you do see, with the ball? See, see, what the about if the ball carrier just holds the ball know, up higher? Yeah. Well, you see, like, you, you know, can't. Someone's coming off a rock, and, and you, you can't you have, have to tackle low. And I'm just going to tell it's kind of cartoonish. Yeah. I know what I'm suggesting here, yeah. but that the that the you know that the flanker just holds the ball up around head height, <laughs> and, and there's just going to be all these little pop passes. Yeah, well, well, that wouldn't be the worst thing. I was only. It's the 50th anniversary of that famous barbarian strike. Oh, today, that's right. Yeah, it's like you watch that and you think, wow, we could go back to that. It's not realistic. Um, there is a difference between what could happen in the professional game, given the physique of the players and yeah. like the thunderous hits. Well, you and I grew up at a time where you'd have been up on your feet celebrating that stuff. And culturally, we've moved on yes. from all of that, you know, mostly. And then, but so you have to separate that from like the amateur game where people are not built that way and they're not the physiques mm. and the hits are not in the same way. And also, by the way, I should say that like even in terms of, because I was listening to Rory Best and Tommy Bow on a BBC rugby podcast journey, yeah. and they were talking about like the skill set involved with being able to both manage yourself as a tackler and as the person being tackled. Like there's all little nuances that. There's a professional player, you can work with a coach to help uh, you and the person who's tackling you, whereas mm. at an amateur level, it's like you're coming in once or twice a week and it's just a very different, uh, literally a different ball game. But I I have sympathy with the RFU, I must say. I think that they've been slammed from all yeah. angles, but like they're probably saying, well, we've got to do something here. Well, you imagine lawyers and insurers and the like are sitting right. down with them saying, we just cannot yeah. expose ourselves to these liabilities in the future. Uh, listen, very briefly before you go, uh, tennis what is happening in Australia um, Djokovic going to win another title alright there we are done he's through to a 33rd Grand Slam Freddie Cruz through the semi-final through, this morning yeah. he's going to play um, uh, Tissy Pass in the final and like I don't know I was looking at the records Tissy Pass has beaten him twice on hard court versus uh, one so he leads 2-1 in the head-to-head on hard court they were at sort of like um, not particularly important tournaments mm. whether that has any bearing on it I don't know and then you have the women's final in the morning as well where um, it's the Wimbledon uh, winner from last year uh, Ribakina um, up against Sabalenka who I think is probably despite um, uh, uh, her opponent being the Wimbledon champion I think Sabalenka is probably the one to watch there Alright listen Adrian thank you very much Cheers, for Kieran. all of that The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.